Hey, this is Brad Biley. Before we get to this week's episode of Insights, I have a quick note for you. After we recorded this week's episode, we realized that my microphone just wasn't up to our current standards. Throughout the show, you might hear some clicking, some cracking, popping on my microphone only. Matt Lozar and our guest Brad Smith, their microphones performed as they should have, but you might hear a couple clicks or pops when I'm speaking throughout the episode. I wanted to give you this heads up before you get into the show so you know what to expect. We appreciate you listening to this week's episode of Insights. Have a great week, and let's get to the show. On today's Insights, nine ways to drive candidate re-engagement and redeployment. Insights is brought to you by Haley Marketing. Do you ever wish you had an easier way to sell your staffing services? Do you wish more qualified candidates would apply to your jobs? It's time to stop wishing and start doing. Let Haley Marketing create a roadmap for your company. We'll talk with you about your goals, determine the best marketing strategies for your business, and then give you an outline of everything you need to do to succeed in this market. And the best part, it's completely free. If you'd like a marketing roadmap for your staffing company, give us a call at 888-696-2900 or email us at info at haleymarketing.com. This is insights. Welcome to Insights. Tips and best practices from the insiders at Haley Marketing. Insights will provide you with the tools you need to master your social media, digital marketing, and employer branding. Your hosts for Insights are Brad Biley and Matt Lozar. What's up? This is Brad Biley and welcome back to another episode of Insights, the podcast built to help you with your recruitment and digital marketing. As always, I'm joined by Haley Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing. He's Matt Lozar. Matt, how are we doing this week, buddy? Brad, we're doing well. How about you? Doing really well. We also have a special guest on this entire episode of Insights, Brad Smith, Director of SEO and Social Media here at Haley. Brad, how are you this week? Doing well. Thanks for having me, Brad. Guys, we got 70s in Buffalo. Matt, I can only assume you've golfed five to six times already. Brad, I know you got out already. Summer is upon us in early April. I don't even know if we can call it fake spring anymore. Feels like real spring, Brad. Guys, we got a great episode planned today. We're going to be talking about nine ways to drive candidate re-engagement and redeployment. What do you say? Let's get to the show. Brad, you wrote an article for Staffing Industry Analysts that was published just a couple of days ago. We'll put a link to that in the show notes where you talked about nine ways to drive candidate re-engagement and redeployment. Wanted to bring you on the show to talk about those tips, talk about those ideas. Matt, I'm going to call on you every now and again, make sure you add your insights to the topic as well. But Brad, walk us through sort of the overview of the article and why we as an industry need to drive candidate re-engagement and redeployment. Yeah, well, it's it's no secret that staffing companies and employers all across the country are starved for talent right now. Unemployment rates are ridiculously low. The number of job postings on sites like Indeed and ZipRecruiter and other job boards has exploded. Costs have exploded. So we really need to communicate and engage and re-engage with our candidates to help fill more job orders, make more money, uh, get access to talent, make sure that our talent doesn't walk off the job site or out the door after their assignment is fulfilled. So we spend all this effort getting people in the door to begin with and getting people to see our jobs and apply to them. The next phase of that is maybe more important is getting them to engage, show up for interviews and show up on the job site. 
Matt, what are you seeing on the recruitment marketing side of the house? Is it still super difficult to find talent on those job boards? It's really difficult. It's funny because I had a conversation with a client last week and they're like, Matt, what should we do? And they do some job advertising. They do some other tactics on their end. And this actually podcast episode is perfect for companies that are struggling if you're relying on those job advertisements in the job boards because as Brad said, manufacturing jobs up 52% from a year from over a year ago, pre-pandemic, and cost per applications up 45%. So if there's more jobs and probably fewer or at best the same amount of job seekers, cost of hiring is going up and it's just it's an enormous challenge. So we have to think of different tactics and don't just rely on the purely active candidate. And I'm excited to dig into these these nine different areas that I think some of them will help almost every company listening out there. And we painted the analogy a couple episodes ago about not going back to a new draft class every time you're hiring. Go back to that candidate database. You've already vetted those individuals. You've already interviewed them. You've screened them. You've put them out on assignment. You've earned their trust. They've earned yours. Re-engage them. Redeploy them. Make sure they're going back on assignment and they're not going to your local competition. All right, guys, let's get started. Brad, you laid out nine ways to drive candidate re-engagement and redeployment. As I said, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Brad, topic 1.1, use marketing automation for your candidate engagement. Walk us through what that means. So there's a lot of great technology available for us today that makes this candidate communication, candidate engagement easier. So it's very difficult to connect with and talk with every single one of your candidates every single day. But that might be what we need to do to get them engaged, get them to stick around. So let's let's look at building some communication workflows. Let's look at uh, tools like uh, a Sense or Herefish or marketing automation platforms. We're um, investigating that right now. And make sure that we communicate with candidates several different ways, through text, through email, through personal communication. Let's build that into our standard workflow. It's especially important during initial onboarding. So make sure candidates have what they need. Make sure they know where they're supposed to be, when they're supposed to be there, how to get there, what the work environment is like, who their supervisor is. Give them a two-way communication channel so they can give you feedback about the job so that you know If they're going to walk off the job site at lunch and not return, or if they're not happy with the position. So open those lines of communication and you'll see candidate engagement go through the roof. You'll see redeployment go through the roof. You'll see uh, no shows start to decline. So there's a lot of value in that open communication. I know you guys were on a marketing roundtable a little while ago, and they were talking about the number of touch points it takes for a prospect to turn into a conversation or to have that first conversation. I want to say it was like 15 or 17. I think what we're failing to do as an industry, though, is have those same level of touch points with candidates, with applicants, with even current associates. So Brad, I think you're spot on. I mean, having that relationship, making sure we're continuously communicating with individuals just to let them know that we're still here is critical. Matt, when you think about nurturing a relationship and making sure, I know from a recruitment marketing standpoint, it's anything we can do to get somebody to apply to a job, how critical is that conversation after the actual apply? If I hear sense working successfully for another company, you know, if we had a nickel for that every time, we'd have some money right now. And I know sense and Herefish have big price tags and whatnot, but I think of the analogy of similar to programmatic job advertising, where it's a tool to help you make data-driven decisions. What Brad walked through a couple minutes ago, 
you know, those are tools to help with candidate automation and like workflows. So how can you create the right system internally for your team to talk to people? Because we're used to text messages all the time. Open rates, 90 something percent, which is crazy. 99% in the first minute. So they're gonna, we're going to reach out to that, especially in the commercial staffing where people, I mean, I'm on my phone all the time. I know Brad's on his phone all the time. We're all on our phones all the time. We open text messages and you don't want to just rely on text, but try text, try email, try content just to keep that relationship going. If you, if someone just applied, if someone's going through onboarding, if they're on an assignment and really conduct different testing too, to get back to some marketing principle to see which messages work well with which messages don't work well and then adjust based on on what you see but the the constant communication is vital all right how about point two here run ats remarketing ad campaigns brad you got the floor here you've you've spent all this money building your ats database you have in most cases thousands of candidates there let's use that database let's export that and run targeted online ads focused on those people. Now, Matt, I'm going to throw it over to you. You're a big proponent of this. I hear you talk about it a lot. Uh, What type of success have you seen on on the ETS re-engagement? The ETS re-engagement, it's original research we did showed those returning candidates to your website. So similar tactic here, convert twice as much as new candidates. And it makes a lot of sense when we did that research and found the data. Because if you think about, take yourself outside of staffing or our talent acquisition right now, returning customers go back to the place of business a lot. So if you're able to keep those returning employees on your team happy, you know those, those temporary workers, any of those workers, if you keep them happy, if you re-engage them, they're going to be likely and accepting to, to keep working with you. There's a reason that consumer brands are doing this. There's a reason that the, the Nikes, the Under Armors, the Adidas of the world continue to run ads based on their past customers. We can do the exact same thing in staffing and recruiting using that database to run those remarketing ads, making sure we're staying top of mind, making sure we're staying in front of individuals who have been out on assignment. You know, you don't know when someone's going to be looking for their next opportunity. You don't know who they might know in terms of friends or family members who might be looking for an opportunity. Making sure that we're staying in front of people, we're surrounding them with those advertisements. Make sure that you stay top of mind when you can't pick up the phone every day and give those candidates a call. Brad, tip number three here, provide job alerts. A lot of staffing companies do a great job at highlighting their, op- their existing open opportunities on their website to let people apply. What a lot of them don't do is provide the ability to set up future um, job alerts. So allow candidates to pick the type of job, the skills, the location, the pay rate, the zip code. Allow them to identify exactly what they're looking for so that they're notified when one of your open job opportunities meets their criteria. And I think this is really important because candidates will work with several different employment agencies uh, over a short period of time. And one of your candidates might finish an assignment and hop over to a different staffing agency because of a good job opportunity there. Well, that doesn't mean they're, they're dead to you. We need to make sure that we stay in front of them. So allow them to set up job alerts. Have your recruiters talk to them about what's most important to them in a job opportunity. Set up alerts for them. Make sure that they're notified and they get hit with those opportunities as soon as they become available. And you can even sell that as a benefit to candidates. You know, 
becoming part of our career club, you're going to get advanced notice. You're going to know immediately and have first crack at the best job opportunities that meet your requirements. And that's a value add. I love this idea. And this, again, taps right into the consumer world. You have clothing companies like Express, again, Nike, Under Armour, where you're building this persona based on what you might have purchased in the past. You get ads for clothes that are similar, for shoes that are similar. They want you to come back and repurchase more items, right? Doing this with jobs makes total sense. If I'm only interested in marketing roles near a a 30-mile radius of Buffalo, New York, that's all I want to see. If your staffing agency deploys nurses or light industrial laborers, I don't care. Show me more marketing opportunities. So having these search criteria, having these parameters directly to my inbox makes perfect sense. Matt, anything you want to add here, bud? I love the name Career Club was really cool. It sounds exclusive. It, you know, I signed up for this. It's what content I want. But I think what you just hit on, Brad Biley, it's we want information that's relevant to us. And you know, these two steps and then this next step that we're going to get into, it builds off of that first candidate automation marketing to where it's automated, but it's also personalized. I think that that's important. It's a perfect segue. Tip number four, use personalized mass email. Brad? Brad, you mentioned earlier the rate of which text messages are consumed, and it's it's 99% open. Email is not that. So email is going to be on the other end of things, but you can play the numbers. So you have these huge databases, email databases of candidates. Let's stay in front of them, but let's make it more personalized. Let's make it look like it's a one-to-one communication. Let's use some merge fields in our email marketing platform and put the candidate's first name there. Maybe we use just a text-based email that looks like a quick check-in from the recruiter. Uh, Maybe we have a little bit of fun. Uh, I know some of our most effective email marketing campaigns are either text-based, more personal, or holiday-based, or have nothing to do with staffing or career or jobs that are just a a nice check-in, wishing somebody a happy Valentine's Day or St. Patrick's Day or Memorial Day. Look at those opportunities to make a more personal connection with candidates and provide them a link back to your website where they can apply and search for jobs. I think what's important to note here is that if you're going to have that customized automation, that personalization, you need to have a clean data list. If you're sending to someone and you're including a first name variable in that email, you better have the right first name when you send to them. You, you have to have the right contact information. Otherwise, you know it comes across looking a little fake. So you need to make sure you have clean data and then absolutely use those variable fields. Tip number five, highlight your candidates. Brad, talk to us. As a staffing industry, collectively, we put so many amazing people to work. There's so many amazing stories. Uh, Because of the work that we do, it helps improve the lives of so many more, so many families out there. Helps put food on the table. Helps put uh, a shelter over people. But we don't do a great job of telling these stories. So when I think of a staffing company and case studies, I immediately think client-facing case studies. Like, how did you help an employer drive down overall workforce costs or solve a specific problem or increase production? But let's do the flip. Let's create case studies on the candidate side. Let's highlight those candidates that you helped find an amazing opportunity, their dream job. You've helped them put food on the table. You helped them turn their lives around. There's so many of these stories, but we don't do a great job of telling that. 
if the staffing and employment industry as a whole would do that, we'd see some uh, misperceptions about our, our businesses begin to turn around. So let's do a great job of telling those stories and hopefully get some media play too and get some news outlets and newspapers and others telling the story for us. I think we can even take it to the next level in the different types of candidates you know, featuring maybe it's military veterans, maybe it's diversity and inclusion or candidates with disabilities. Think about how you have helped people in with those in those areas and how they have now taken the next step in their career because that'll open up your candidate pool also to a whole new base of candidates, which is great. And they can help your company and you can help put them to work. And Matt, building off that, we just recently, because of the pandemic, saw a disproportionate amount of females leave the workforce to uh, take take care of their family. There is going to be a huge opportunity to help re-engage that segment of the population, get them back into work. Let's highlight these amazingly talented people, and let's feature that as success stories so that we can get in front of even more as they're uh, beginning to return to the workforce. From a social recruiting standpoint, I love sharing testimonials on social. I like highlighting candidates any chance that we can. You could do that with a great graphic. You can add in their testimonial. You can add in a testimonial from your team in talking about those candidates. Think through making your social strategy more than just another blog or another job. Add in, as Brad's saying, talented individuals, talented women. Make sure you're adding in those testimonials. Add in those case story, case studies into your social mix. Make sure that it's a little bit more robust than just another blog or another job on social. Brad, I know that you uh, misspoke there, but I like that phrase, case stories, because they're really case, they are stories. They're, they're a great story to tell, and we need to do more of it. I'll put a trademark on that one. All right, guys, number six here in the article. Again, this is nine ways to drive candidate re-engagement and redeployment. An article Brad Smith published for Staffing Industry Analysts. Be the source for current salary data. Let's face it. We all want to make sure we're being paid what we're worth. Um, All of us on this call do. Everyone listening does. Our candidates do. So let's collect this information. Uh, You have this, hopefully, in your systems. There's some great research you can do with Indeed and in other places. But let's make sure we're educating clients on the necessary pay rates. And let's make sure that candidates know that if they want to take the next step in their career, if they want to pay increase, they know what they need to do. They know what skills they need to have, and they know what those skills are worth. If we can be the staffing or employment company that helps candidates get a raise, and we're known for that, they're going to come to you. Matt, you've mentioned salary before on Insights and how critical that is in making sure people apply to your open job opportunities. Is, is Brad aligned here? Are you 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 know pretty much aligned with what he's saying? Fully aligned here, and I think you know I'm not saying Google for Jobs is the end all be all, but there's a reason Google for Jobs ranks jobs higher that have salary information, have physical location information because that's the information we want. We want to know. If I'm applying for whatever job, job title, location, how much it pays. And then I'm going to be, if I'm interested, I'll click to see what the job is about. So if you have that salary data to show, I actually had a conversation with somebody yesterday about this where they're trying to staff for a food food manufacturing plant in the California area. And they said, our pay rates aren't you know great, but they're better than our competition. 
So that's that's a really good differentiator for them to to showcase that in some some job postings, some job advertisements to say, you know, we're paying this amount and your candidates are going to know if that's a dollar more an hour, $2 more an hour, $3 more an hour, because they've talked to other employment agencies or the company directly. So if you have a really good salary, showcase it. I think at the end of the day, it comes back to salary always. I mean, yes, you want a fulfilling career. You want to feel like you're a part of something bigger than just yourself. But at the same time, you want to put food on the table. You want to go to Disney. You want to take your family on vacation and buy gifts and presents. And you need a salary to do that. Having that data as the leading you know, salary provider in the area makes total sense to me. Brad, number seven here that you listed was providing career training. Walk us through that. Yeah. So look at offering career training programs for your candidates. Help them take that next step in their career. So this can be extremely involved. I've heard of cases in which staffing companies have used virtual reality training. So there was a virtual reality training on how to drive a forklift. So they were training people on that very specialized skill. I heard of another staffing company that had a very large manufacturing client. And what they did is actually brought in the same machines that this company has and they set up an on-site training in one of their uh, warehouses adjacent to their office and actually taught people how to use those machines. So it's a great way uh, to add a value add for the client. They're getting trained, vetted candidates, but also a great way to upskill or create new candidates for yourself. If you're not going to invest in something that substantial, then start small. Start writing great articles or guides. Uh, teach a, a picker packer how to take that next step to a supervisor or a manager. Walk people through how to take the next step at each level of common positions you fill and be a resource for people to help them improve their skills, improve their career. That to me is just relationship building 101. You know, you're not having this transactional, you're a candidate, I'm going to place you in an open job and go to the next transaction. Instead, you're working with an individual, you're, you're trying to get them to a better opportunity, you're trying to elevate them. At the end of the day, that helps them, that helps the client, that helps you and your organization, your staffing form. It, it does everything. I mean, it, it, it totally satisfies all areas of the relationship. I think that's something that we need to think about more is not just having the transactional relationship of, okay, 100 applications leads to one placed candidate onto the next. How can we coach individuals who might not be perfect for the job now, but can be perfect for the job in two or three weeks with the right training? How can we continue to upskill them and, and coach them and develop individuals? Matt, this sounds right in your wheelhouse when we think about a, a talent shortage and we think through more open jobs than there are individuals for those jobs, well, then we need to train people to do the jobs that are open, right? We do. It's And it works. This is every level of job. This isn't just warehouse, commercial staffing. This could be you know, in a healthcare staffing where this is bigger term, but you know, a company that needs surgical tech, sterile techs, but needs one year of hospital experience, how can you help them get that? Or for companies that need nurse practitioners, physician assistants, how can you help them upskill their LPNs to RNs? Or even I had someone reach out to me this week about openings at Haley Marketing. The first question I literally got was, does Haley Marketing provide training for its employees? Which I thought was really interesting, but that's a topic that was very important for this, this interested candidate. So I think whatever you can do to differentiate, and it goes back 
to an earlier point that Brad had about highlight your candidates. This candidate came in, we gave them professional skills training. Maybe you have some personal life skills training as well. And this is where they are now. Let's get to point eight in the article, feature your recruiters, Brad. So in a lot of industries like healthcare specifically, which Matt just mentioned, the relationship with the individual recruiter is vitally important. A lot of people in that space will work with a staffing agency because of that personal relationship they've they've built. So look at your website, look at your social content, look for ways to really feature your recruiters, help them build a personal brand, allow people to get them uh, to know them on a more personal level. And you'll build that personal connection. Use personalized email, build this into your candidate automation platform. So it looks like more one-to-one communication and just build that relationship. I think you're spot on there. And from a social recruiting standpoint, it's doing the exact same on social. It's featuring those recruiters in testimonials, having your team facing testimonials go out to social, let people know what your recruiters think about working for you. Let your recruiters share their story. We said case story as a a little bit of a slip of tongue here, but what is their story in working in recruiting? When we think through what they've done for past candidates, have them share their case studies and their stories, have them talk on social media, whether that's on video or a text-based post about what it means to be in this industry. Brad, you might have this number, but I feel like I've heard David Cerns, our CEO, say multiple times about the turnover in staffing and recruiting amongst recruiters. It's astonishingly high, right? Yeah, Brad, that turnover rate's extremely high in the staffing industry. It's like 25 to 30%. So each year, staffing companies are turning over their recruiters. But if you help them build a personal brand, if you help make sure that they're supported, they're more likely to stay with you and there's less turnover. And they're going to build deeper, better relationships with their candidate pool. So there's a twofold benefit there. So uh, help them position themselves as an expert. You can still carry through your company brand there, but it's going to help overall attract more candidates. There's also the story in the picture that that paints when you can say the average in our industry is 25 to 30% turnover, but look at our team. Our team's been here five plus years, six plus years, and you have those stories to back that up. Candidates are absolutely going to want to work with your team because there's longevity in that team and in the relationships. Brad, let's get to the last point here. Number nine of nine ways to drive candidate re-engagement and redeployment. Offer jobs closer to home. Beyond pay, one of the biggest factors candidates look at is commute and commute time and how they're going to get to work. So build a process or, or better yet, automate it using some tech to share jobs that are close to a candidate's home. So we talked a few minutes ago about using your ATS database. Hopefully that has zip code. Let's showcase positions that are close to that zip code for them. Let's use mass email, uh, but let's segment our email list based on the candidates' zip codes. uh, And let's show them positions that are close to home. Let's allow them to set up job agents where they can select jobs in, in specific locales and make sure that we get those positions in front of them. So there's a lot of things that we can do to help get them opportunities and present opportunities that are closer to home. And then this last point, um, what's closer to home than remote? So uh, a lot of candidates right now are looking for opportunities where they can work remote from uh, their, their office, their kitchen table, their couch. So if you have remote opportunities, let's feature and highlight those and make sure people know that they're remote eligible. 
with where we're at with the challenging job market, you know, Brad's point about being close to your workplace. If I have to commute twice as far for job A versus job B, that's one of the factors I'm considering with my stimulus payment, with my unemployment or government assistance. It goes into the factor, childcare, et cetera. So if I have to spend twice as much on on gas or you know transportation pass or whatever, that's a big factor. So the, the proximity to my my physical home is one of those factors that candidates are thinking about to even just getting back into the workforce. One last time, these are nine ways to drive candidate re-engagement and redeployment as initially published by Brad Smith for Staffing Industry Analysts on the Staffing Stream. We're going to put a link to that in the show notes. Brad, I want to thank you for coming on this episode of Insights and sharing your insights with us. Brad, Matt, thanks so much for having me. That's our show. And thank you for listening to another episode of Insights. If you found this episode valuable, we would love to know. You can message Matt or Brad on LinkedIn to share your thoughts. Have a question for us? You can tweet us at Haley Marketing and let us know what you're thinking or email info at HaleyMarketing.com. And of course, if you need a hand with your marketing or recruitment marketing initiatives, we would love to help. You can check out HaleyMarketing.com to get in touch with our team of marketing educators. For my podcast partner, Matt Lozar, this is Brad Biley. We'll see you next time.